Hi, this is Sheila Jackson with The Good CEO, and I'm here today with Bridget Coulter at Blackbird House. Hi, Bridget. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Sheila. Thank you for having me, and thanks for coming to our house today. So can you tell us a little bit about Blackbird House and, and what makes it such a unique co-working space? Thank you. Um, yes, Blackbird House is a collective for productivity, wellness, and community. And it's specifically for women of color and allies. So it's inclusive, but it's mm -hmm. also very directed. Okay. And I, what I read just in my research that this was the first space of its kind. It's the first co-working space specifically for women of color. Um, Los Angeles obviously doesn't have anything like this. And uh, we really were uh, excited to specify this community. It hasn't been underserved. And we mm -hmm. definitely participate in other co-working spaces, flex offices. We're entrepreneurs at the highest level. And we didn't really have a space that was just for us. Um, but at the same time, also welcome to our allies because together is the only way we're really going to do this. Right. And you said, you mentioned that this is a space, co-working space, that also um, wellness is a part of kind of the, the vibe here. Can you talk a little more about that? Absolutely. So we have three pillars, which are productivity, wellness, and community. And wellness is our central pillar because without health and nourishment, um, we, you really can't succeed as a human being, let alone be a productive entrepreneur or startup. Um, so for us, wellness is mind, body, and soul. And the important things that we're able to offer to our community is a meditation space, um, a fitness room where we have strength training and dance class and yoga and all of these things that really help you uh, really be more productive. So all of the pillars kind of bleed into each other, uh, but wellness being something essential, like I said, as, as humans. Um, and something that we do as women is not always taking care of ourselves, putting ourselves last, putting everyone else first. So I really wanted that uh, opportunity for wellness to be central to our space. So we have a birdhouse in the middle, which is our meditation loft, and we also offer nourishment offering, offerings. We also offer nourishment offerings in our meal program. That's amazing. And wellness was a big, you know, just buzzword for me. Um, because that's something that, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years now, and it's something that has been missing from, I, I have to admit, it's been missing from my life. It goes in spurts. I always had this when I was younger. I work hard and I play hard. And then as I got older, especially after having a child, I just worked hard and worked hard. And, now, <laughs> and okay. now I am of age and I can't do that to myself anymore. So now I'm, you know, really revamping, you know, what putting together a schedule looks like for me, what my life should look like and how to balance that, you know, scheduling in every morning. I'm going to get on that yoga mat. You know, I'm going to take breaks every 30 minutes because I can't, and I'm a writer, I can't sit in front of the computer all day like I used to. My right. back gets jacked up. Right. So I think that's amazing that the wellness is, is a big piece of this because that's something that I know for us, for black women in particular, it's a huge issue. Um, I know one statistic that I had heard and I may m misquote it. I know over the last 
couple of years, probably maybe the last three years, they say that the rate of black female entrepreneurship has increased by about 300%. Wow. So are you feeling that in terms of this space? What's been the response? Uh, the response has been overwhelmingly positive, And I, I definitely feel that as a person myself, as a serial entrepreneur, I've started several different businesses. I definitely understand the need as a, as a founder. Mm -hmm. And by starting this space, I'm meeting them. And I'm meeting us. And I'm meeting our community who's out there building amazing things, anywhere from tech to uh, med tech to uh, wellness practitioners, mm -hmm. lawyers, people starting different kind of groups, people with um, sewing classes who are entrepreneurs and, and that idea of connection and community and us finding each other and networking is really part of what this is. And that statistic is impressive. I didn't know that number. I did see an article, I think it was New York Times, that mm -hmm. came out just a couple of weeks ago that said we're the black women are the number one yeah. growing entrepreneur out of anyone in the U.S. Yeah. We can't take the corporate thing anymore. No, <laughs> no, no. And also people of color contribute somewhere between 1.2 and 1.7 trillion dollars to the U.S. economy. Mm -hmm. And we are also looking and saying, well, when do we reap the benefits of what we're putting out? Exactly, exactly. And I like the, the term community because when you're an entrepreneur, it's such a solo journey. It's such a, you know, I was telling someone, I was having a talk with one of my Lyft drivers. <laughs> and we were talking about just, you know, the kind of road of the path of entrepreneurship. And just over the years, even narrowing down the people that I, you know, are, am friends with to other entrepreneurs. Because you want people who really get and understand what that life is and what that approach and mindset is about so I love the concept of community what kinds of things do you do here to kind of facilitate community I've been to other co-working spaces around town and it still feels like everybody kind of you know comes you know and sits in their corner or in their mm -hmm. you know office and then they go home or whatever so how how is community kind of fostered here well because we're new we've been um operating on a few pop-ups. So mm -hmm. now that we've opened, we have had several events. We have events every week, and community is the most important thing mm -hmm. to creating a space. It's what we're craving, and like you said, it can be very solo, and yeah. frankly, it can be very lonely yeah. to be starting something where you are passionate, you're driven by this vision you have for what you're starting, and you have to do it. Like it's especially in the yeah. beginning when there's not a lot, you don't have like funds for staff and all of those things. You're just handling it. Um, so I understand what I created this for was because I wanted to be around these women that I love that are my inspiration. Mm -hmm. They're my friends. They're founders. They're new people that I'm meeting. And I know I, what I wanted to give us is that connection right. and that uh, space to meet each other. And one of the simplest ways it happens is by holding events, holding a mixer, having people meet each mm -hmm. other. Uh, what I'm finding and what we're learning over the last few months of doing this is, first of all, community happens just by the invitation of connection. Mm -hmm. We're craving it. Uh, frankly, black women are some of the most brilliant women I've ever met who are just industrious. Like we, that's old saying of you have to be three times as good to get this. So yeah. anyone at this level is already excellent. 
And then the young strivers have great instinct and intuition, and we're just a strong people, women of color in general. First of all, just women. Yeah. Women are just badass, let's be frank. Because of what we have to do, yeah. what we're tasked with. We're tasked our with Our multitask. Exactly. With and we step up. We mm -hmm. step up to the plate to make it happen. And sometimes you have down days, and it's not like every day you're just the most productive person. But in general, when we get our community together for something as simple as our debate watch parties, the connection of watching that together with someone, with our group of, say it's 50 of us in a room or 25 or 35 of us, and then having a real conversation afterwards. What did you think? What did this mean? That's mm -hmm. immediately making connections. Oh, you do this? Oh, I'd love that. And it's, it's, it's organic because we've created a space that is uh, designed to be homey and professional and chic. Right, right. And it's very comfortable. And speaking of chic, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that, you know, you're also an interior designer. And yeah. I'm sure I know that this is you. <laughs> it's my baby. Because I can feel the energy, you know, the energetic. And the <laughs> space you. is so, it's so comfortable. It's so, I felt calm, you know, when I came into the space. And that's, you know, I'm so, I went into a co-working space and all the walls were brown and black. And I was like, <laughs> Who on earth decorated this? <laughs> and who's working in here all day? There were lots of plants, but the walls were like brown, mm. dark brown and black. And I was like, what's, <laughs> what's up? So this space is like, it's very serene. Thank you. You know, it, it feels very serene. Um, so I think definitely mission accomplished Thank you. with regard to that. Um, one thing I thought that was really interesting is you started this as a public benefit corporation. Can you talk about that? Because I know people who want to, you know, do good or create value beyond their product or service um, are, are looking for ways, you know, nowadays with social impact being a big piece of entrepreneurship right now. They're looking for ways to incorporate that. So what made you choose the public benefit corporation structure? Yeah, well, thank you for asking. That's a really um, great question because I know all of us who are founding or starting things are considering what how you want to set up your structure. And um, one part of it is the corporate structure was very important to me to be a for-profit corporation mm -hmm. because I wanted us to understand that the value of what we're putting out into society is also something that we can reap the benefits of by connecting each other, everyone having access to opportunities for economic security. And mm -hmm. for shared in a shared economy, you have sustainability in that we can all help each other and choose each other. Uh, and then the public benefit corporation part is vital to me because I think you should have a mission and your value-based mission have equal, if not 100% equal, at least enough weight that your shareholders understand I'm investing in a company that has a vision that's so important that they're mm -hmm. putting it in their mission and that they can use it. You know, norm normally with a corporation, your fiduciary responsibility is to your shareholders, your shareholders. Right. And we want our shareholders to be happy. At the same time, we're attracting people who want to invest in something that the mission is to make a real change in women across the globe and to connect and create this network and access to opportunity. And so by being a public benefit corporation, your mission is integrated in your corporate documents. And that's yeah, something and that's that incredible. I'm so proud of and so happy. And I really looked and studied it and researched 
you know, I'm a researcher and mm -hmm. a serial entrepreneur and all of these things, but that comes from just constantly reading, constantly updating, talking to people who've done it. And um, Patagonia is a company that I think is really impressive. Mm -hmm. And they are public, they switched to public benefit corporation because it's only been around for about a decade. Right. And they are living their mission. At least from everything you see, they're protecting uh, different um, environments and their environmental impact is tied into the products they make. And I thought if there's a company this big and this successful that can do it, that's something that if we can start this way, we have every shot of really making a change to women. Right. Now you've mentioned that the global aspect of this, so there will be other locations yeah, for Blackbird House? Yes, we have a, a five to seven year expansion plan and mm -hmm. the first few years will be nationally. Um, first in Los Angeles over the next two years to open multiple locations because this is a big city. It's as big as some states. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know California, I feel very comfortable in Los Angeles. I know a lot about our community. There's 336,000 women of color in management, um, entrepreneurship, uh, founders, and executives. Wow. So we Where not, are they? Right, they're here. <laughs> I don't see them. Well, that's what we- through Los Angeles, right. we're so spread out. We're spread out, yeah. and that's why you think of a place with eight million people, right. how do you find each other? So we're not like that huge of a percentage, but we're a huge amount. That's exciting just in that, to me. So I'm creating this space to say, hey, come on down. This is the sisterhood that we're creating. We're creating a space for you. That design element is created and thought and the whole concept is around the way, design to me is so impactful. The space that you mm -hmm. live in, the space, you, we spend so much time indoors that colors and that, that feeling you say when you say I walked yeah. in, I felt comfortable, it makes me, it, yeah. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that because it's such a clear conscious choice to create a beautiful space. We came into this space, there were a lot of chocolate brown walls. Yeah. And we painted, I don't know. That we must be a them. thing. We I don't painted know what <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I like chocolate brown. I'm really like, I like On chocolate. the floor, but not on the wall. I like yeah, my chocolate I, hardwood floors. Yeah, I do too. Um, <laughs> Uh, or actually, I like oak, like natural oak, but that's mm. a whole nother conversation. But the idea of creating these mauve walls, which are chic, sophisticated, they have a slight bit of femininity, but at the same time, a man can feel very comfortable or someone mm -hmm. who's a, a woman who feels a little bit more leans towards a masculine or a non-gender. I want any gender, any race, any um, person who is about inclusion and diversity to feel at home here. Yeah, and I think you've definitely accomplished that, especially Thanks. with when I came to the opening, I had a 10-minute massage, so I felt very at home. <laughs> oh, did you, so. get, did you get tied? Was that the guy? Yes. Oh, he's, he's yes. an amazing person. I have person his too. card. I got his card, too. Yeah, he had hey, great Ty. energy. So. Yeah, he's great. He's <laughs> shout out to he's Ty. A, shout out to Ty. He's an ally. He's such a big supporter of us. So, yeah. yeah. Now, you said that you're... You've been a serial entrepreneur, and I think that this is such, um, it's a bold choice to create something specifically for, for black women. And I want to know just how, what your journey was like in terms of finding your voice, because deciding you want to be the good CEO is really about finding your voice. When I work mm -hmm. with clients, I work with them about, you know, finding your voice, finding that thing that resonates for you or those set of values, and then you've got to stand for it. And how, what does that look like in terms of how it manifests? 
in your in your business. So how did you come to that to really find your voice and that this was what you wanted to do? Because I know even with your interior design, you had, you know, you said that you always wanted to work as much as you can with natural with natural fabrics, with natural materials, um, to be as eco-friendly, sustainable, sustainability is something that was important to you. So even beyond that, how did you kind of grow into the larger mission? Well, thank you for asking that. Um, and first of all, thank you for being the good CEO, like being the good CEO and promoting that is so, it means a lot. And as somebody who's been that person, I thank you. I'm just going to say that because I was like, yes, not only is it a great title, but it's a great mission to have. And I'm inspired by people like you. I'm inspired by people who are creating a place for people's voices to be heard. And for me, I've always been an entrepreneur who started insular businesses that are only require mm -hmm. my success of, of working hard and, and building a talent base and, and honing my skills and becoming a better designer. Um, and having the, uh, you know, just feeling like I have such a, I feel so lucky in a way. I And I didn't have an easy path. It was a very, you know, I came from not a lot, but good mm -hmm. people who worked hard, a village of women of color who had my back. They sent me to college with a typewriter and everybody saved up so I could go and have this typewriter that had an automatic yeah, erase. Smith Corona. Yes, and it was like everybody <laughs> yeah. saved it. Other people got computers, but my my family was, my aunts were like crying. They saved up $200 to give me a typewriter to go to college. Mm -hmm. And having those people, that family, that village to support you was always in my background. And like we always, everyone helped each other. Uh, the men in our lives were, were dope. My grandfather was a blues singer, so there was always music. Like, oh, there's wow. just, it's just like a fun, there was just like a wild, big, big family gatherings. Mm -hmm. um, so, when I moved here to Los Angeles from Northern California, started my career as a young actress, got my undergrad in theater, and then moved toward, did that for a decade, and then moved towards design. I'd always been interested in business. I even wanted to minor in business at um, UCLA for my undergrad theater degree. Mm -hmm. But it is very difficult to do theater and business. Yes, and I, took, I can like, imagine. Econ 101, <laughs> and I'm like, mm, maybe I'm not going to major in, uh, minor in business. But it was always in the back of my mind. I've always been interested and intrigued. I've read a lot of books. Um, so, you know, it's a little circuitous route that I'm weaving, but it, it is a culmination of all the different things that I've done from starting a design career, being a philanthropist, being on the board of ISEF public schools for a decade, watching us go through a drop and having to build up and being mm -hmm. able to work with, you know, like Mayor Reardon saved those schools and he put 12 million of his own dollars into saving a school for children of color and watching that process and working, you know, they're billionaires. Wow, there was I didn't billion. Know that. There's a lot of. I've learned so much over mm -hmm. all my years of what I've done. But watching that and watching someone have the access to that kind of funds, mm -hmm. where they're like, "Well, we can." I, I believe in this. I believe in what they're doing. The education that they're offering is amazing. It has to continue. I'll put my money where my mouth is, and that's how you grow, and that's how you learn. And if you don't have finances, then you can't be sustainable because right. you can't cover things and all of that. But um, so going from philanthropy work to volunteer work to producing 
I produce concerts. I almost started an event company. I have a textile design for, uh, company. I have an interior design build, which is my most successful company. Uh, and I love it. Like I buy houses and, and take two years, a year and a half, two years, and create like these little artistic gyms and that I want to populate the landscape with beautiful mm -hmm. work. So all of these things together. And then when I had my design studio in Santa Monica before I moved to my current studio, I did a lot of community events. I did art shows. I brought in local artists, uh, brought in other designers, and we would do design work um, together and do like the team building. So everything mm -hmm. has always been, and I always am excited about being in part of community. Right. Um, so it kind of led to, if I look at all the aspects from design to starting businesses to working with uh, other philanthropists and learning from how they work and their work in tech, and this is sort of a combination of all of that. It's It combines it. It's a culmination of all the things I've learned from those things, and it's probably the toughest thing I've ever done because there's so many elements yeah, to it. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts. A lot of moving <laughs> parts. It's hospitality. It's, it's a way that I want to be of support to this community of women, my community that means so much to me because of what I've seen. I've seen like the most amazing things in the world. I've gotten to travel and I want to share those, that ideas that I have and mm -hmm. um, some of the experiences I have and also create an opportunity where other people who have these great ideas can find someone to finance their great idea or can find a partner to like build something else with them and be a connector. Yeah. Thank you for... Thank you for sharing and for and for creating this space. I can't wait to see where the other spaces pop up and especially from a global perspective, that's going to be huge because I'm sure we'll be able to travel from, you know, when you're traveling, you mm -hmm. can pop into yeah, the and Black Bird House in Zimbabwe. Exactly. And in <laughs> Opera and yeah. and, re and in Paris and in London. And I think that's one thing that because I have traveled and I know people in a lot of these cities mm -hmm. that uh, they're doing this work and looking for each other. And if I can meet, there's a group of 200 women in Accra trying to create this who are like, if we can do that with them, they're going to bring so much to the table and we can bring so much right. to the table and really have this global connection that frankly, other people who have better opportunities are already doing. Right. And then we can have a real shift because Let's be frank, it's a hard time in our country, in our world right now for acceptance. And um, I think we're closer together than is reported. Right. And I, I think that spaces like this, people doing work like you're doing, and putting po as much positive t in the world as we can mm -hmm. is our activism. That's part of our, like, let's make this real. Let's. It, it becomes real when we're there. Like this collective happens yeah. when we join it. I can't do it without other people. I'm the vessel for it, but it's not about me. It's about right. us. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, well, thank you very much. Is there anything you want to add? It's multiple decades of experienced life, and you take all those in, and, and I've been trying to take them in wholeheartedly and then also keep trusting my instincts and following where it feels right and feel and always asking my question myself the question of your your vision is to be of service in this larger way is this feeding that is this true to that mm -hmm. it, and if not pivot and move here and then you try something and sometimes 
it doesn't work. And I've had enough failures, yeah. which, you know, aren't even fail like things that just didn't work that now I've turned into opportunities. Like I learned from that. So I know that mm -hmm. that's not a successful way to do something or learning to communicate better. There's just yeah. so much growth. And I think that's what makes life exciting is the idea that you can continue to grow yeah. and change. And what's exciting about this is being a place for women to come together who have different your experiences are going to help a young mentee who's just do, starting their path mm -hmm. maybe help them start here instead of all the way here. 